This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And away we go to a must-lose game, which we will talk about on Sunday. We'll get to that. But this is State of the Offense Thursday here. It's a random Viking of the Week Thursday as well on Purple Daily, presented by Quick Trip. It's Mackie, it's Judd, it's our executive producer, Declan Goff, and this is Daily Vikings Entertainment. Daily, 365 days a year, and even though the Vikings season is coming to an end, the real fun begins in the offseason, where we will be speculating for months and months and months, free agency season in March, draft season, clickbait officer Declan's going to be throwing stuff out on social about what the Vikings could do. I feel like when the combine hits, it's just a smorgasbord of reckless speculation oh. that everybody embraces. Like, even if you don't necessarily live the lifestyle, once the combine starts, you're forced in the lifestyle. Reckless speculation. <laughs> yes, and to all those who celebrate, it is a reckless speculation Thursday. We talked to all sorts of Vikings and quarterback stuff on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, our scoop session. That can be found on the Score North YouTube channel. Uh, before we dive into, we're gonna we're gonna step away from quarterback here today and talk about something else with the offense that the Vikings wanted to improve very badly, but face planted on. After we shout out our friends over at Zero Res, boys, Zero Res is here to help you breathe easier in your house. Ah, that clean air, those clean carpets, that clean, deep cleaned house. Zero Res is here. A four point nine out of five star rating on Google with over 17,000 reviews, so they are uh, very well-trusted. So if you ask for the Score North special at ZeroResMinnesota.com, you can get three rooms zero-resified starting at just $119. And this month, take $75 off when you get your air ducts zero-res clean as well. That's 9520-RES or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Ask for the Score North special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same, zero-res. So on the state of the offense here, let's just we'll go through the usual categories here and then we'll get into the big thing that they tried to fix, but they didn't. Yards per play, still a top 10 offense, boys, even with backup quarterbacks. Nick Mullins. Ninth, ninth in the NFL in yards per play. What's funny is like Nick Mullins has been helping their yards per play because he's yes. chunking the ball down the field. And then the points per game is 22nd because they turn the ball over more than any team in the NFL. That's how you get that gap. So ninth in yards per play, 22nd in scoring, 15th in EPA, which is expected points added analytically, 
And then DVOA is another analytical measurement. They're 23rd offensively. Third down rate, the Vikings offense is 15th. Turnover rate, highest in the NFL. I think they're second in terms of like just counting turnovers. But in terms of percentage of drives that end in a turnover, the Vikings have the highest rate in the league. Just under 20% of Vikings drives end in turnovers. One in every five Vikings drives ends in a turnover. And that's been a problem since week one. So, like, that's not a new backup slappy quarterback thing. That's a a week one on problem, which, which I think is... Easily, if if there was a, and I'm guessing that there will be eventually a pie chart of blame of what went wrong, like it's not even close, right? It's yeah. Turnovers is no, turnovers is number one. Injuries is number two. Not to make too many excuses, but but I mean the pie chart is like the the heap and hope in a pie from <laughs> the inability to hang on to the football is enormous. Yeah. So how about this too? So the Vikings just under twenty percent. It's like nineteen percent is their turnover rate. The Steelers have the lowest turnover rate, 7% of their drives. So you wonder, well, how did the Steelers sneak out an extra win or two with terrible quarterback play, fired an offensive coordinator, their defense is okay, Um, they don't turn the ball over. And then red zone touchdown rate. So when you go go into the red zone, how many times, percentage-wise, do you convert to a touchdown instead of something else? The Vikings are 25th in red zone touchdown rate. Turnovers, injuries, red zone failure has defined this season. And the biggest thing to get into it that they tried to fix in the offseason, they knew they had a passing game, and obviously when you lose your starting quarterback, you're going to take a step back offensively. But their goal in the offseason, we're going to go get the best run-blocking tight end. We're going to run heavier personnel. C.J. Ham is going to be a bigger part of this. We think Dalvin Cook has gone off the age cliff, and they were right about that. We're going to upgrade our running game. We're going to be heavier. We're going to be nastier. We're going to be less finesse. And here are some disturbing trends about the Vikings running game. They are 28th in rushing attempts, which is worse than last year. They're 25th in yards per attempt, 3.9 yards per attempt. They were 4.1 last year, so they're worse in yards per attempt. 29th in rushing touchdowns. They had had 18 rushing touchdowns last year, most of them in the red zone, right? Run the ball, red zone, touchdown. So 18 last year, seven rushing touchdowns this year, and they are 30th in rushing first downs. They basically can't get a first down unless they throw the ball, which all of that seems problematic when you have played with backup quarterbacks, journeymen, rookies for half the season since October. So what happened to the Vikings? Like they came out, here we go. We're gonna be we're gonna be a little more smack mouth than we were last year. And they face planted, man. Like their running game got worse since 2022. So I think this is unfortunate because you need to run the football to win. And if you want to be a playoff team, you have to have a semblance of a run game, okay? That's the bad news. The good news, in my opinion, is this is to quote the great Christian Ponder, to quote what I heard Les Frazier say a few times, this is easily correctable because this this starts with a, you know what, they they went out and bought Kevin O'Connell a new car, right? Because Josh Oliver was a new car. And they're like, we are going to, this is, this is a Jaguar, baby. We could go 100 miles an hour plus. But 
you got to have a lead foot to do that. And Kevin O'Connell, when it comes to, to the run game, doesn't. At the first sign of trouble, he bails. Uh, they stuck with M- Madison, in my opinion, too long. This is not – you can't just say, well, the offensive line sucked. And no, the, yeah, were they perfect? No. Does anybody have a perfect offensive line? Of course not. This, to me, starts with an offseason, and I guess it's going to be a, a second consecutive because clearly they did this uh, last spring and summer as well. But this starts with a conversation about we need to be committed to this. And the run game's not consistently going to be great. We all get that. But if you abandon it, guess what happens? Nothing. And to go back to what we discussed before, Mike Zimmer ran the ball too much. And, yes, that puts you in second and seven or second and nine or sometimes second and 12. We went too far. Uh, Yeah, that went too far. (laughs) But this has gone too far, too. And and if you want to be successful in what the Vikings want to do, and O'Connell wants to, and God bless him for it, drive the ball downfield, right? Big gains, uh, chunks, as we like to say in football, 15, 20 yards here, 25, 30 yards there. You need two things. You need the at least the uh, the respect of your opponent when it comes to your run game, that that is a, a threat. Because play action is not a threat if you don't respect it. Like, you can fake it all you want, but guess what? No one's biting. Nobody cares. And the other thing is, and this is an extension of the run game, and I will contend this is just as important, you need a screen game. You need, you need a semblance. I mean, O'Connell is, as far as I can tell, he is trying to cheat the system. He wants the big gains without the small gains that set up the big gains. So I do think that this is correctable. Is Madison the guy? It doesn't look like it, but that's okay. You know, we again have seen running backs who are fifth round picks and Ty Chandler might be that guy. I don't think he's gotten a real chance yet. Um, but we have, yeah. we have again, see the, the Rams got a fifth round pick from two years ago. Who's having a phenomenal pro bowl type of season. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to back off. You can find running backs just because the Vikings don't trust one. And the, and the guy that they do trust um, does some things well, but he's certainly not what you would consider a, a guy that can carry you. So, but yes, I think this is among the O'Connell things. This is probably the most disturbing and it's the lack of a run game and the complete lack of a screen game. And the, what I could seems to me, you guys to be a complete lack of desire to have a screen game. I don't understand that. You can't do that. At least I don't think. Yeah. Well on the, I mean, you use the word desire. So let's, let's cause desire to me is just, attempting runs like it'd be one thing if the Vikings right. so like the Browns for instance let's use the Browns because they're the other team that used four quarterbacks this year and lately Joe Flacco Joe Flacco is averaging like 320 yards through the air in the five games he played but the Browns even though they lost Chubb in the second week of the season the Browns are still pounding the run even if even if it's just for show on a right. pretty regular basis throughout all four quarterbacks now, they did have a run. If you look at the Browns, like in the middle of the season, they had a run where they were rushing for like 160 yards with backup running backs, 160 yards, 150 yards. But Joe Flacco has thrown for 320 yards a game off of his, off of his couch, and 55% of those yards since he took over are play action. Now, you can, you can still run play action without like gaining 150 yards on the ground, as the Browns are showing you, by as long as you commit to keep. The Vikings have just stopped trying to run the ball in most of these games. And this, I think this is what's most perplexing. The Vikings are using backup quarterbacks since October, and they're playing in 
exclusively close games, right? They've played in 14 one-score games, and half of those are with backup quarterbacks. So if you're telling me, just like, let's zoom out of this, let's just pull it way back, not even in the statistical weeds or anything. Hey, Judd, uh, the Vikings are going to have backup crappy quarterbacks, but they're still going to be in close games. What would your offensive strategy be to throw the ball more than almost any team in the NFL still? Yeah, I, I would <laughs> say you're running the ball. You need to be running the ball. Yes. Yeah, and they and they continue to throw inter- four interceptions for Mullins against Detroit, and like I know some of this like lately game flow has dictated like that Packers game that they should be throwing the ball. But when you're using backup quarterbacks and you're playing in 14 one-score games, how are you 28th in rushing attempts? Right. Explain that to me like I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. Explain it to me even further. I don't understand. That's the key stat, though. That is absolutely the key stat. Like, like every stat that you read, I'm not saying it's not important, but that's the stat that I looked up. When I saw your, your note about the discussion point, what I looked up is how much are you even trying and the answer is, well, it's not really working, so we're not going to try it. Sorry, Dex, go ahead. Uh, on third down and two yards or less to go this season, so when the Vikings are in third and second or less, they have ran 26 passing plays. They have rushed the ball just 14 times. So in a short wow. yarded situation, mm-hmm. I, and it's not obviously when you run the ball in third and one and two, it's not a 100% success rate. In fact, when they have run the ball, it's a 71% rate, uh, success rate on third and two or less to go. Wow. On those 26 passing plays, they've, they have converted 53, so it's more than a coin flip. But they have taken a chunk of third and two, manageable, kind of predictable situations, and they have said, yeah. no, we're not going to run the ball, we're going to pass it. Super interesting. I mean, I think Kevin O'Connell, philosophically, it's been proven, would prefer to throw the ball. Yeah. And I will defend him and say... At the end of the day, you're going to gain more yards throwing the ball than running the ball because right. even the best rushing offenses are going to gain like four and a half to maybe at the top end five yards per carry. Whereas through the air, the worst offenses through the air are going to be like six yards per attempt. The best are going to be closer to like Brock Purdy's at like nine yards per attempt, eight and a half, nine yards per attempt in that San Francisco offense. But it can't just be about that math. You get more yards on average when you throw. Well, some of that is because. Like, look at San Francisco. A lot of the big pass plays that they set up are linebackers and defensive backs and defensive linemen taking a step or two steps in because of the threat of a running play. Yes. Same same situation for the 49ers. On third down and two yards or less to go, they have ran 25 rushing plays, and they've converted 80% of those. They've only passed the ball 17 times. However, they're averaging 6.7 yards per pass in those third and two and less situations. So they're converting them at a high rate at 70%, and they're also hitting big plays. Now it helps you have Christian McCaffrey, probably the best back in the league. You yep. have a really good line, oh. you have a really good scheme. But like, look, oh, at, yeah. look at the difference there. Like 25 rushing yards, you have the best back, and they've only passed the ball 17 times in the exact same situations as the Vikings. Yep, so they are. So to sum it up, the Niners are on those third and short, third and twos. The Niners are running the ball more than they're throwing and they're converting on 80% first down rate. The Vikings are throwing the ball more than they're running, despite the fact that the Vikings are converting when they run 70% of those first downs. So now, now I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Kevin O'Connell because he's, he's not a dumbass. Like, Kevin O'Connell's a smart guy, and he, and he knows offense. He's been around NFL offense for 15 years. He might come back and say, well, give me the San Francisco 49ers offensive line and weapons and all that stuff, and 
specifically the interior of the Vikings offensive line. I looked this up on PFF, just looking for the why. Like, why would you not, uh, especially on short yarded situations to Declan's nugget there, why would you not lean more into just handing the ball off with backup quarterbacks? Okay. Of the 206 qualified offensive linemen in the NFL this year, Ed Ingram, Dalton Reisner, and Garrett Bradbury, who are that's your interior offensive line right there, right? That's your your guard center guard. That's your core. All of them rank outside the top 90. So all of them are so Bradbury's 93rd out of 206 run blocking. Mm-hmm. Ingram is 120th out of 206 run blocking grade. Dalton Reisner is 176th run blocking grade out of 206. Reisner is actually one of the worst run blocking offensive linemen in the NFL this year, according to PFF. Which so, is his so, history. Yep. So they might, he might tell you, I got a center with a bad back all the time who's not, a, not great at really anything. Uh, I've got two guards. One is a second year guy trying to figure it out. Another one is like, Dalton Reisner is like strictly a pass protecting left guard. I can't get any push with these guys. Uh, so he, but, but the, the, that's something to fix then, right? Like, how do you fix this going forward? Well, you probably need better run blocking interior offensive linemen so you can feel more comfortable on third and two, pushing the pile forward. Yeah, and he'll tell you too that in in th- third and two he's passing more because teams expect him to run, and so he's trying to give them a look that they won't expect. Except the problem is he's now become predictable, and so they do expect it, so it doesn't work as well because the trickery is gone when I know you're probably going to pass. Um, but this also gets to be so. So let's go back to yes, your personnel could improve, and that's on you. That's on crazy. Like you should be looking to upgrade there. Um, because not running the ball is not an option. But that being said, here's a question. Okay. For instance, you used Brandon Powell, who's a very slight man. I like Brandon, but he's a very slight man to tush push a backup quarterback in Cincinnati. And it failed miserably. Not surprising. Um, Why at some point in time, did you not mix things up? And let's just say on third and two or third and one. Okay. Why wouldn't if you're not going to have Hammond, why not put Josh Oliver in the backfield as an H back and allow him to lead block? Like there's ways here. My issue with O'Connell when it comes to the overall game, because I think in the passing game there is creativity. But my issue with O'Connell in the overall game is I haven't seen as much creativity with personnel as I thought. And that's yeah. where and, and and look, you know, the commitment to Madison has been for the most part maddening. Like, he just doesn't have it. Too bad. I don't know why, but he doesn't. But that doesn't mean, like, this whole thing from day one in the Seattle exhibition game with Ty Chandler and, you know, well, he does it when the lights come on, but he doesn't. Uh, I don't know what the problem is there, but this dude, like, everybody, the three of us saw it. He's got a step. He's got an explosiveness that Alexander Madison just doesn't. Yeah. So, like, would, why yeah. the hesitancy? Why the, I get, okay, you can't block on third down. Well, then take him out on third down. Adrian Peterson used to come out on third down. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it is weird that it took that long to go with just the clearly more explosive running back. I mean, I think all of this, like everything from the Chandler being late on the Chandler decision and just the overall incompetence of the run game. I think that to me, that's like outside of turnovers, which I don't know. You, you can criticize turnovers, but sometimes it's you just you got well, Nick yeah. Mullins in there throwing four picks or whatever. You got yeah. Justin Jefferson reaching for a pylon like turnovers can be a weird thing. This was something they set out to fix, and they their biggest free agent signing was meant to fix this. You know what? Like to sum up, we've been talking about this for like fifteen minutes now. You can sum it up this way: the Vikings are soft. S a w f t soft. They no. don't even try to run the ball. When they do try to run the ball, they've got three of the worst run blocking interior offensive linemen in the league: guard, center, and guard, according to Pro Football Focus. You know, they're, they're, tr- they're trying to be this. I get what they're trying to do. Fast track, U.S. Bank Stadium, Kirk Cousins before the injury, right? We're going to be at Jefferson on the edge, draft Jordan Addison. We're going to be a track meet team, and we're going to throw the ball for 300, 350 yards. Like, I get it. But you're not the Kurt Warner greatest show on turf. You're not, it's not Peyton Manning from 20 years ago with Hall of Famers all over the place. Like, they're like a they're like a finesse team trying to be these Hall of Fame great offenses from the early two thousands late nineties. They're a diet version of those, and they refuse to try running the ball more. It's like they're soft. It's a it's one of the softest offenses in the NFL. Is that a hot take? No, I don't think so. So what you're saying is you are sick and tired of the outside zone is going to work. We're going to run the outside zone, and that's going to work. Run the ball up the middle when you you need to. Don't try and let's push, run some push power. Let's run some Brandon duo. Let's, ru- let's run some stuff. Well, here. you could let's try. You could. What's <laughs> un- unless he has a fumbling problem? I don't know about, and it's quite possible considering the story of the 2023 Vikings. What's to stop C.J. Ham on third and one? From getting two, three yards. Like I mean, it, yeah. Now we're like, like all you're doing is trying to move the chains. That's that's the thing. You're not trying to. Not everything has to be a killing. Not everything has to be a kill shot. I should say, right? You're trying to move the chains so you can get that big play. Um, but I I go back to I think play action is one of and it I, it's been statistically proven play action is incredibly important. But you have to respect it. And if a defense doesn't respect it, to your point about San Fran. If I got linebackers all of a sudden being like, oh, my God, and they're stepping up, and now, bang, you know what? This is a one-step league. You take a step, I can beat you. Because um, if it's a misstep, it, it is advantage me. So, yeah, and the Vikings have, you know, the other problem, too, is there's been far too many times that this team has been soft in situations, especially right now on offense, where you got to just pound it. But that starts with a commitment to Dude, it. You got to be committed to it, man. One of the on the on the note about them being soft, S A W F T soft, right? They, they're twenty eighth in rushing attempts. They're like bottom five in yards per attempt. They just they 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 can't move a pile. And in one of the key moments of the season, they had two downs to gain one yard, and it's our offensive line push against your defensive line push. And we'll even have somebody pushing our quarterback, the smallest guy on the roster, if they chose, to your point earlier, Brandon Powell. But we have two downs to get one yard, and we're going to try twice to push the pile. And they failed both times. And, like, of all the different things that could symbolize, you know, like a microcosm of the season, that was probably 
the biggest one, which is, all right, this is it. Season's on the line. Got to win this game. Got to get this yard to, to keep this going forward. And they couldn't, they couldn't even put someone bigger than five foot eight, 175 well, pounds back there to, to try and make it happen. And that's finesse, the biggest, man. They're finesse. And, and that's the biggest one post Kirk for sure. Cause to what you, you know, with Kirk, you could be like, well, you could have passed it there. Right. Like there's things, I mean, this is Nick Mullins mm-hmm. and, and on third and one, the Vikings said, well, we thought we got it. It was third and one. Okay. Yeah. If you have to be like, well, we thought we got it. You probably didn't get it. So like so have somebody pound the bleeping football for two yards. That's all you're asking. Cause if it's two yards, they're not going to screw up the spot. Yeah. I'll give you one more here and then we can, we can get into uh, the next topic, but when you think of the most finesse teams in the NFL, the Dolphins probably come to mind, right? They, they, they're the fastest team. They're, even their coach looks finesse with his little like ankle-showing sweatpants on the sideline, right? Who doesn't Mike wear McDaniel. those now? Love them. I love those. I, I wear them I, every Mike day Daniel. now. I like them, too. I'm just saying. He, it, like, the, the Dolphins scream finesse, right? Yes, yes, 100%. Right? And even those Dolphins, the most finesse team in the NFL by most people, I would say, They've run the ball 70 more times than the Vikings this season. And that's a Dolphins team that's playing in a lot more blowout games, too. So, um, and part of the reason why is they're probably running the ball in the second half of blowout. So I will give you that. But the most finesse team in the NFL is running the ball 70 more times than the Vikings, who have played 14 one-score games with mostly backup quarterbacks. What are we doing here? That's a San Francisco thing, right? Like, like I, I think the Vikings were, like, threatening, well, we're going to do some 49ers things. And McDaniel's like, I coach there. Of course I'm doing those things. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's just it should be near the top of the to-do list again is fi- from the same thing as last year, find a better running game. Um, hey, before we get into a must-lose game for the Vikings and what people are giving you, like, how the Vikings can get in, all these scenarios, right, we're going to give you the opposite. How can the Vikings, what needs to happen for the Vikings to climb the Tankathon standings and also a random Viking of the week? But let's shout out our friends over at Prize Picks here, gentlemen. Uh, in fact, uh, let's see here. Pop and open Prize Picks right now uh, on my phone. And there's a tab that shows you like the most popular, the most popular players that people are picking more or less on. Baker Mayfield right now is a hot one at 228 and a half passing yards. He might have played his way into a like a I don't know if like a long term, but he might have played his way into another year of starting mm-hmm. for uh, Tampa. So Prize Picks is here to help you win twenty five times your money this football season. Select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Uh, and also with basketball season in full effect too, you can you can combo like a LeBron James and a Travis Kelsey ten and a half three pointers made in receptions. For instance, they do a lot of fun combo platters. Go to prizepicks.com slash purple daily. Use the code purple daily for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash purple daily with the code purple daily for a first deposit match up to $100. Maybe you can spend some of that over at Three Jack in the North Loop. Huh? That's a good idea. Huh? I like it. Mm. I like it. Mm. I, I can't just, you know, I, I got a putting mat for Christmas, and that's fine. You know, I, I got to work on the putting. Easiest thing to fix. Well, Easier said than done. An attainable thing to fix potentially on the golf course, but I can't just, you know, not swing an iron for, for, for four months. I can do that at least at three jack. I can book those simulator bays. I can get those loaded nachos too. It's not just golf. Great food options too. And anyone who mentions Purple Daily gets a free pint 
free pint of beer when you purchase a menu purchase item. So you get those loaded nachos, you know, you get your swings in. How about a free pint, too, when you mention Purple Daily? Go check out Three Jack in the North Loop in Minneapolis. Love it, love it. Uh, also, if you're a dog out there, you're not old enough to go to Three Jack and get that pint, but you are definitely qualified to eat Nutrisource, <laughs> which is the official dog and pet food of Scornorth and Purple Daily. We're looking forward to probably in about 20 minutes, Maya Mackey pawing at my door for her little scoop of lunch, gentlemen. Oh, that's very nice because Stella ate, uh, ate this morning. Nutrisource is always very, very happy. And then right before I started recording, she's like, I want to go outside. And I'm like, I know exactly why. Because so she would get a Nutrisource treat. So Stella has already double dipped today, Dex. Yeah, I came home late from the Wolves game. Then it didn't roll in until about 11 o'clock. And, you know, Vinny boy gets a mini Zoomy attack because dad's finally home after being gone for nine hours. And I was like, all right, if you just calm down, I'll give you your Nutrisource treats. It'll be good for everyone else. It is sleepy time. We've had a long day. Nutrisource treats. And let's go to sleep. Yeah, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. That's NutrisourcePetFoods.com. So I've seen like on Vikings.com, they, they've got the layout of how the Vikings can crack that 3% chance to make the playoffs. Like the Vikings would beat the Lions. The Cardinals would have to beat the Seahawks. The Bears would have to beat the Packers. And then the Falcons would have to beat New Orleans or the Panthers would have to beat the Bucks. So you're like, you're like literally relying on at least a couple teams that are desperate to keep their their draft positioning, like the Cardinals, for instance, to beat a team that's desperate to get into the playoff Seahawks as one of the equations. Right. right so right. that's all a long shot. I want to give you the opposite here, gentlemen. This is your tankathon update for what needs to happen for the Vikings to climb as high as ninth, maybe even eighth, but I don't think Ooh. the math works on eighth. Okay. But let's go through it. So if you're if you're rooting, and by the way, I would classify this. Would you guys fight me on this? This is a must lose game for the Vikings on Sunday. Oh, this game's of monumental importance for a loss. I'm with you. Absolutely. It's a it's 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 a loss. Okay. I'd rather have the oh, loss. Yeah. Yep. No interest in a win in this one. Bad fan, but you're a bad fan. Yep. Bad fan. Bad fan. Bad fan. Bad fan. You're a you're a bad fan if you're not rooting for the long term success and interest of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the Vikings to climb as high as they can from 12th up to 9th, and we'll talk about 8th. Obviously, they have to lose to the Lions, so lose. Hey, Nick Mullins, buddy, we're going to throw for as many yards as you can today. I don't want to see a check down for three hours, buddy. I want to see every pass, Ducks. average air yards, 22 yards, yep. 30 yards. Yep. Chuck that pigskin like you've never chucked it before, Uncle, Uncle Rico. Mm-hmm. So Vikings lose to Lions is part of the equation. We're rooting for the Falcons to beat the Saints. The Falcons have seven wins. We want them to get an eighth win. Yeah, okay. Okay. Rooting for the Bears to beat the Packers. Possible. Bears are playing well. Possible. And then we're rooting for the Raiders to beat the Broncos. At home for the Raiders, Mm. by the way. You could see it. I think those are all obtainable. Yeah. If if all those concerns me a little bit. If all those things happen, if you beat the if if you lose to the Lions, and the Falcons beat the Saints, the Bears beat the Packers, the Raiders beat the Broncos, the Vikings would be picking ninth instead of twelfth. Now, let's quickly talk about the teams that you just read who also are on the same uh, blessed trajectory as the Vikings. I'm fearful the Falcons that that Falcons daily is saying the same thing. Correct. Because the Saints and Buccaneers are in the running for the putrid South. 
Like, if you're the Falcons, you want the loss, right? Yeah, you would. Uh, Aren't the Falcons still technically alive? They might be, but I'm saying, what's their record? They're 7-9. and Am I wrong on this? Yeah, oh, they, they are. Nine, but... They are still alive. They have a seventeen percent right. chance. They're trying to make the playoffs, right? But I'm just saying the Vikings also are technically alive. I'm. I'm talking about no, but teams like the, that... the Falcons are seventeen percent. The Vikings are three percent. The Falcons okay, are so actually 7%. alive. The Vikings are ninety-seven percent dead. Okay. Okay. Because I was just thinking the Falcons might be thinking like, yeah, that draft pick would be nice too. And Arthur Smith is kind of coaching to keep his job, so. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a buffoon. Yeah. I can't stand that guy. But you're saying the Falcons might tank that game against the Saints. That's I'm saying worry. the Fal- I'm saying the Falcons fans like like technically nobody oh, is care tanked. About the fans. I'm saying the Falcons fans much like with the Purple Daily fans are might be saying, "You know what? It might it would be best if our team lost." And that's fine. I'm I'm more concerned about the Falcons like are they going to put their best players out and try to win that game against the Saints? Like, Falcons fans, whatever. I don't care what they think. Who's starting a quarterback? Uh, Heineke. Taylor Heineke. They got a good chance to lose that game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough sled. I think yep. uh, Raiders beating the Broncos at home seems like the most likely. And yes. the Bears have won four out of five. And yes. the, the Packers' defense, despite the Vikings not being able to do anything, I think the Bears are feeling good. Sieve. I think the Bears are feeling Good and and they've got that Carolina pick, so I think the bear. I think that's a good, a decent one. Yes, yeah, because they can like they can push forward and try and win a game and still pick number one overall, right? Because that's the Bears Correct. pick. Um, so here, so that would get them to ninth. There are some people talking about getting up to eighth. The Jets are currently six and ten, but they play the Patriots. So if the if the wow. Jets beat the Patriots, they would move to seven and ten. If the Vikings lose, then both those teams would be seven and ten. Mm-hmm. But the tiebreaker would be strength of schedule, and I think so. The higher strength of schedule, like the better strength of schedule, would would be the loser in that tiebreaker. Right now, both those teams are tied for strength of schedule at a five oh seven strength of schedule, mm-hmm. but the Vikings play the 11-win Lions, and the Jets play the four-win Patriots. Mm-hmm. So the Jets' strength of schedule is going to come down, and the Vikings' strength of schedule is going to go up. So I don't know, unless like all the other teams they play shuffle in a way where, you know, like if, if like all of the other teams yeah. the Jets have played win or something and their collective strength of schedule goes up. So I think mathematically it's going to be tough to get to eighth. So let's not get greedy. Let's be rooting for the Falcons, the Bears, and the Raiders. Okay, on Sunday. Okay, okay, or Saturday, and, whatever. And is. let's let's not forget also the roar. Let's not forget the Lions. We're big Lions fans on Sunday. Yes, be wearing our Lions jerseys. Yep. Vent line. Yep, I'll be wearing my uh, Barry Sanders, Herman Moore, Eric Hipple, my uh, <laughs> old school, my uh, Scotty Mitchell, Scotty jersey. Mitchell, my Wayne, my Wayne Fonts jersey. I don't think he had a jersey because he was a coach. Of Wayne Fonts, but uh, there it is. There's your uh, your tankathon update for what needs to happen for the Vikings to climb the draft board. How many Vikings fans? And I, I get the Packers game because you know it's the Packers. We don't want to lose to to the Packers. How many how many actual Vikings fans do you think want a win on Sunday with a three percent playoff? I, I don't know how you can. Like I don't that's know. My, that's what this I'm. This is at. where I don't. I yeah. can't identify. That's my question. Like, what do you want as a fan? 
do you want the Vikings to do you want the Vikings to I guess there there are some fans that are literally going through and, and this is fine. Like now I'm judging. I spent two days ago I spent time like shaming people for fan shaming and now I'm doing the same thing. But let's say the Vikings win and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks and the Bears beat the Packers and the Falcons beat New Orleans and you are in the three percent caches. Okay. Then what? Right. You're gonna go to Dallas or something. I, I, I just, or you, or or you win, and one of those things goes wrong, and now you've got an extra win, a worse playoff spot, and it means yeah. nothing. Yeah, I am more interested in the. And again, like you could whiff on the ninth pick. Obviously, we've we've seen the Vikings whiff on picks before. This we're not talking about guarantees here. We're talking about probabilities. It's a better right. probability that you have the quarterback fall to you or that you're within striking distance to trade up, right? You're just in a better position if you move up from 12th to 10th to 9th. And that's what I'm rooting for. When your head hits the pillow on Sunday night, what's going to make you smile? The Vikings beat the Lions and are still not in the playoffs, or they've actually got, as you said, a chance to draft a player probably far superior or better for sure, assuming that they stay and don't trade back again um, to improve their team. And it's not like the culture's on the line here, right? Where, oh, if you lose this game, then KOC loses the locker room versus... I just think at this point, the season is what it is. Like, most players in that locker room understand that if they were fully healthy, things would have maybe been different. You know, like, if there was if there was a risk of, like, boy, if you end the season with this many losses, you could really lose the locker room, and now you're talking about bigger problems. I don't, I don't think that's where that locker room and organization are at right now. The National Football League record for picks in a game was set by a guy by the name of Jim Hardy with the Eagles back in 1950. That's the one thing I'd like to challenge on Sunday. How eight, many picks did he throw? Eight in one eight? game. I'd like to challenge that. <laughs> How many picks would Nick Mullins have to throw before they pulled him for, like, Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall? Well, Is there any Do- number of picks that he could if- throw? Four. If Dobbs is inactive again, or he's the third guy, he can't come in unless the first two yeah, get, get well, whoever hurt. the backup is. That that might be so. My point is, no, I'm going after the record. I'm not pulling him. Nine. Come on, you got nine in you, Nick. <laughs> September twenty fourth, nineteen fifty. Oh, I'm sorry, it was versus Philadelphia, but nonetheless, eight interceptions. So let's we're shooting go. for nine. Let's make it happen. It's like two per quarter, and then like a bonus one late, like a Hail Mary or something late. Make it happen, Nick. All right. Random Viking of the Week time here on Purple Daily. <laughs> I couldn't tell if Judd was going to keep going or not. So nope, nope, nope. Awkward okay. silence it is. Okay, uh, Random Viking of the Week. It's my turn to throw out clues to you guys. All right. All time, Judd has 63 wins, Declan 31, I have 18. In the new era where we all compete against each other, loser is out and gives the clues the next week. Judd and I each have 11 wins. Declan has five. The last handful of random Vikings. Andrew Glover, Colin Leffler, Brett Favre, Willie Offord, Michael Jenkins, and Amir Smith-Marset. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'll throw out the clues. You guys get up to three strikes. If you hit a third strike, you're out. The other person wins automatically. It happens like once every 20 times, I feel like. Clue number one. In high school, this player had 42 starts at quarterback, 
And in those 42 starts at quarterback, passed for 6,783 yards, 48 touchdowns, rushed for another 2,000 yards, and 41 rushing touchdowns. So 89 passing and rushing touchdowns in 42 starts at quarterback in high school. This random Viking earned varsity letters in basketball and track also during his high school career in addition to football. So football, basketball, track. This random Viking was once a first-team All-American in college. I will take a stab. Whoa. Wow. This would be... Just making sure... I was going to say, I have to look at some of our... Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb. We haven't used Donovan McNabb, right? We haven't. According to my spreadsheet, Definitely we adding him to the list. Yep. All right, I got to be careful. All right, one strike for Dex. I like the aggressiveness. Yeah, that's good. This random Viking has a published autobiography, and the foreword for that autobiography was written by former Vikings defensive coordinator Tony Dungy and former Gopher quarterback Tony Dungy. Right? Oh, quarterback. Um, yeah. Okay. Keep going. This random Viking has 98,000 Instagram followers. No, it's not Todd Lober. Um, Todd Lober. <laughs> That's great. 98 Instagram followers. Okay, hold on. A the wheels so are his, turning. So his autobiography or the forward is written by Dungy? Mm hmm. I think you do, I think you've done a great job at throwing us off the scent. I'd like to congratulate you already. <laughs> this random Viking has been a guest on the Manning cast before. We've used him. Okay. This random Viking became part owner of a winery in Santa Fe, Texas in 2020. Winery? Mm-hmm. Santa Fe, Texas. <laughs> this random Viking played in 15 regular season games with the Vikings. Couple playoff games too, with the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Let me actually hold. On, let me see. Uh, see if he's played in how many total playoff games he's played in. I'll get you that one too. Looks like those are the only two playoff games with the Vikings. This random Viking is a current active player in the NFL. Mm -hmm. 
Not a oh. Viking right now, but he is a current active player in the NFL. Oh, wow. Okay. Nope. Wait. He's played for seven different NFL teams. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. There it oh, is. Oh, nice. The Dexter. Nice job, dude. Nice. He's an Case autobiography? Keenum. Yeah. I had no it, idea. Yeah, I think it was written pretty closely after the Minneapolis Miracle. Whoever okay. his agent and publicist are were very smart to say, you know what? Okay. This would be the time to nice rifle off yeah. an autobiography, a life story about I your... didn't feel close to that one, so nice job. Yeah, he, uh, the other clues were going to be that he entered the NFL in 2012, played college football in Conference USA, and was one of the greatest players at his position in the history of college football. Yeah. Yeah, he still that's... holds multiple passing records. Yeah, great. great Undrafted. All, first team All-American. If you had said drafted. this guy was despised by his head coach despite his success, I would have gotten it. <laughs> <laughs> thought that might have been too obvious. Yeah. So uh, Case Keenum. And so next week it'll be Judd's turn to throw out the clues. But congrats to Declan there on career victory 32 and victory six in the new era here. Um, hey, before we uh, mock to wrap up the show, a little interesting mock here. A shout-out to the 34th annual Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. Saturday, February 3rd on Gull Lake's Hole in the Day Bay. Over $250,000 in prizes. You can purchase tickets for just $50 at any of the 49 Fleet Farm locations across Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, North Dakota. Uh, also online at icefishing.org. So icefishing.org is the place for all things Information, tickets, the 34th annual Brainerd JC's Ice Fishing Extravaganza. Again, it's Saturday, February 3rd on Gull Lake's Hole in the Day Bay. We're going to need some ice here at some point. Got to get the uh, the temperatures to cool off. But I think between now and then, we're probably going to make up for some lost time in November and December. Go to icefishing.org for all the information. Okay, gentlemen, it's time. I want to mock. Mock! It's time to mock here. Uh, we have done 14 mock drafts since November, and we're logging all of the different players we see across the mock drafts we do on this podcast, on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, anywhere else. And we've landed now on 247sports.com. This is mostly a college and recruiting content website. They also do mock drafts, and they do trades. Love it when mock drafts do trades. It's always exciting. It's a must. Number one to the Washington Commanders who trade up with the Chicago Bears, Caleb Williams. I would feel really bad for whoever. I know they changed ownership, but like, I just feel like Washington is such a black hole of an organization. Yeah. Awful, man. So Caleb Williams, number one. Drake May, number two, as the Patriots complete a trade here. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Bears who have traded back into that, that third spot. That'd be pretty nice if they could trade back and still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Let's keep scrolling here. Okay, the third quarterback off the board goes number five to the Giants, Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling here. 
There's the first edge rusher, Dallas Turner to the Falcons from Alabama. Jared Verse, a little edge rusher run here. Jared Verse to the Bears, Florida State's stud edge rusher. With the 11th pick, oh, man. The fourth quarterback comes off the board, and it's Michael Penix to the Raiders. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That might be a little aggressive, but I'm sure it's He seems rising. unfortunately destined to the Raiders, too. I'd like to see him go somewhere else. Yeah, maybe the Vikings can jump, but they don't in this particular mock. They stay at 12, and with four quarterbacks off the board, they go edge. Liatu Latu from UCLA. I want right. a mock! Mock! Second one, right? I want to yeah, I think, I think the second one this week that you have him going to the yep. that someone has him going to Mike. CBS Sports also had it earlier this week. Mm. I believe it's the so medical. We've actually seen a lot of those that are uh, up with Latu. I know we've talked a lot about that on Purple Daily on draft. He's got some medical issues that could affect his uh, draft positioning and stock. But if he's healthy, he will be an absolute beast in the NFL. Yeah, Combine will tell the story there. I'm sure. Yeah, the last five mocks we've done. Over the last, like, three days, four edge rushers going to the Vikings and one quarterback, Bo Nix from PFF. And that was kind of like a – that was that wasn't really a mock draft. It was, like, the best prospect that's probably available realistically when you, when you draft. So we're probably seeing an early run by the mock community, God bless them, that expects Kirk to be back here. Yeah, or it just expects the Vikings to not – trade up for a quarterback that's the thing we don't know because usually like any projected trades would be like they're projecting top five trades and then they just get lazy and stop on these mocks but the vikings are going to be in a prime position to trade up or down so we'll see there's your mock draft update i want a mock all right boys any other final words of wisdom before we say goodbye and come back for a feedback friday tomorrow no i'm just excited I'm very excited for Sunday. I think it's going to be a big-time challenge to just play as atrociously as you possibly can. <laughs> Nick, Nick Mullins, I remember him to set, uh, set uh, a yardage passing record and an interception record in the same game. Mm. I've been wearing my Calvin Johnson jersey on Sunday. Charlie Green Batch. Lions. Charlie Batch Jerry jersey. Ball Joey Harrington. Oh. My Lions Jerry Harrington. Ball. 5XL. Dante. Get a Dante, yeah, Dante Culpepper. Get your Let's roll go. on with yeah. Dante. Dante. Last team, right? His last I think so, team. Yeah, I went to a start before he played for before he played for the Sacramento Lion Kings. Yeah. How about your Gus Ferrat Lions jersey? Can you dust that one oh. off, Judd? Uh, you you know I'm Gus Ferrat's biggest fan. I'm going to dust off my Corey Schlesinger jersey. Remember Chris that Spielman? guy, fullback with a neck roll from Chris like the late nineties. Chris Spielman. Chris Spielman works for him. Yep. <laughs> Yep. We'll just be here all night listing off random Billy Sims, players. Career came to an end at the Metrodome. Poor guy. 